Amen? We all have emotional situations, work situations, and storms can just be categorized as anything that troubles the waters of your life or blows difficulties into your life, winds of adversity, things of change. The truth is, if it's not changing, it's not alive. Amen. If, if you don't see change, it's not living. So we're, we're going to deal with change. And it's uncomfortable to us because we like to settle in. But I just want to tell you there's no place to settle until you find Jesus. Amen. Until you find him, there's no true peace. And so I want to talk about that peace speaker today. And I want to minister to you a little bit. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41. It says, and on that day. When even was come, he said unto them, Let us go over unto the other side. And leaving the multitude, they, take, they took him, or they take him with him, and even as he was in the boat, and the other boats. I'm going to read off the screen. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along with the boat, and he was, and other, and other little boats were also with them. And a great windstorm arose on the Sea of Galilee. It's known for that. And the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling with water. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. Everybody say Jesus was sleeping. <laughs> and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we perish or that we're perishing? And he arose and rebuked the storm and said to the sea, Peace, and rebuked the wind. And then he said, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Look at the next verse. It says, But he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Why would Jesus be asleep in a boat in a storm? It's because he had a destiny. The storm wasn't his destiny. Amen? Storm's not your destiny. Hello, somebody. And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. I want to talk to you for a little while, a little while about retired storms. Retired storms. The other passage of Scripture that mimics this is the second storm that they went into. You would think they'd learn from the first, right? Most of us would learn, like to learn from our mistakes and in this scenario, they did not learn. They were still fearful at the end. They were still needing Jesus to instruct them. And though Jesus was in the boat with them, the one that can speak peace to everything, he's in your life, whether you know it or not. He's next to you every day, whether you feel him or not. He's near you. And your peace speaker is in your boat of life. He's right there with you. So you need not be afraid of any storm you go into. Amen, somebody? Need not be afraid. And I'm not just talking about storms around you. I'm not just talking about the, the waves that beat against your boat of life, the, the emotions that, that come over you in different moments or different situations, the way you feel when someone mistreats you. I'm not talking about even toxic, necessarily toxic people around you at the moment. I will a little bit later. But I, I want you to know that what, what he's, he's dealing with here is he's dealing with the fact that they didn't recognize who was with them. The one greater than the storm was with them. Amen? How many have heard stories preached and heard sermons preached on storms before? And how many have heard this passage preached before? Quite a few of you. 
That the, the Jesus that we know who spoke peace to the wind and the waves speaks peace to our hearts and our emotional waves, amen? That he can talk and deal with things in our lives that we don't necessarily have the ability to deal with. And then they go into a second storm, which is in Mark chapter 6, and it says, and when evening was come, the boat was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on land. Jesus wasn't with them at this time. But look what it says. Then he saw them. I want you to see that, that Jesus is aware of the storms you're going through. He's aware of the troubles in your life. He's aware of the moments of loneliness. He's aware of the tropical depressions that, the depressions that build in your life that create swirling emotions and different things that you don't necessarily know how to deal with at the moment, but you just kind of live your way through. Has anybody ever lived your way through a storm? Just like tomorrow should be better. Well, the next day should be better. And you keep on trusting the Lord through it. And this is what, what's happening here is Jesus is seeing them in the rowboat. He's seeing them straining at rowing. And one translation says he sees them toiling. And for the winds was against them. The wind was against them. How many know the winds of this culture are against the church right now? I'm not making too many points yet, but just telling you now, now, now we know that God sees the church and we know that God sees each one of us. But they were in this boat, and they were working exhaustively to stay afloat because it's not what's around you, but it's what gets in you that takes you down. Amen? There's a point. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed by them. Everyone say he would have passed by them. There is a need that we call on the Lord. And he saw them strain. Go, go to the next verse if you'd help me out. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it to be a ghost. They thought it was an aberration or some sort of ghost. And they cried out. And they said, uh, and for they saw him and were troubled. But immediately, everybody say immediately. When Jesus knows you're in fear and in trouble, if you cry out to him, he will immediately talk to you. He will immediately encourage you. He talked with them and said to them, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. In other words, he's calming the storm in them before he calms the storm around their life. I have to tell you that some of the reasons why we stay in some storms is because we don't realize that he wants to speak peace into our life before he speaks peace to the things around us. Amen? He wants to calm the storm in us. And when I get done today, I'm going to ask a question. Is it well with your soul? I'm wondering, is it good with you and Jesus Christ? Because if you have peace with him, he will make peace with those things around you. In fact, the Bible even says, there's a nourishment at a table in front of your enemies that won't be there unless your enemies were present. He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. You can be at such peace that you can have turmoil all around you and enemies on every side. And there is a nourishment or a table with Jesus in the midst. Oh, I feel like preaching of your problems in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of trying and toiling and effort 
comforting and wondering if God either doesn't see you or God doesn't hear you. Those are both the lies of the enemy. Understand, he's got only a couple of pitches. And if you learn how to hit those lies back at the enemy and you resist him, he will flee. He will throw the same pitch at you in just a different category. And all you got to do is learn how to hit it out of the park. And every time he will tell you, God does not see you in your situation and God does not hear you when you pray. Same two lies packaged up differently because God doesn't see you and God doesn't care to hear you. Why don't you just? And he'll tempt you to go another way. I want you to know that there is something very important that takes place in your life when you rest in Jesus Christ in the midst of a storm. Something happens inside of you to where the storm is no longer the focus and you begin to walk with Jesus in the power of the presence and the peace of God so strong that the storms that come to your life begin to be retired. In other words, you don't have to go back through that same storm again ever in your life. You can literally walk through something and pray prayers in the midst of that storm and learn the lessons that are in that storm and not have to do like the disciples did and be put into another storm. There's never another place where they are listed in scripture that I know of where they're put back into a storm. Maybe they were in them. They're just not listed. I'm not going to say it wasn't, but I want to tell you this. The places where the storms were listed is where they had not learned in the first storm, but they learned in the second storm. And because they did not learn one section of their their training in that second storm, the scripture actually gives it to us at the end of Mark chapter 6. He says this, if you give it to me, and they went out into, go ahead and help me, yes, they went out into the boat to, and, um, boat to them, and the wind ceased. So he, he's walking on the water. Let me get you back there, because I need to go back there, because my brain was on something else. Hello, ADD. ADD, pastor moment, yeah. He went out into the the sea, and he saw them, and they were scared, and they called to him, and he said, I am here, and he comforted them, and he spoke peace to their fears, and then he gets into the boat with them, and the wind ceased, and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. They were amazed. They were amazed at this. How can they be amazed again after already knowing that they woke him up in the boat, and he spoke peace and calmed the sea? They're amazed a second time at something that they should be aware of already. There, there, there comes a point where people will be amazed at things that you that they see Jesus do, and you're already aware that that's just what he does. That's just how he works. That's just how he moves. When someone comes and says, wow, God touched my body. I felt him touch me. Like, yep, that happens all the time here. That's right. And there's, like, oh, I felt him. I felt God's touch, and I got a miracle. Yep, God's a miracle worker. That happens all the time around here. We're used to it, but we're not used to it in the way that we get comfortable with it. We're just used to it where we're like, God is awesome. Let them be amazed. But there is a power in being assured that God can move on your behalf and he's in your boat. Amen. So they're, uh, help me with that scripture again. So they're amazed again. And then the Bible says something very powerful. For they had not understood about the loaves because their heart was hardened. It says, I want you to learn this. 
about the disciples because this is the lesson that they didn't learn and they needed to retire this storm. Storms are very interesting. But he said they had forgotten the miracles of the loaves and the fish because on that second storm, in that second boat, was 12 baskets left over from when he had multiplied the fish and the loaves for the multitude. There was so much left over that spoke that God is able to affect the physical. And they missed it because they were so hardened by what they were going through. In other words, you cannot retire a storm if you are hardened by what you're going through. If your heart gets hardened by life and difficulties and struggles and problems, you cannot put storms out of your life. You will go through the same storm again, and you will go through the same storm again until you learn the lesson. And God is trying to tell us, don't let your hearts be hardened, brothers and sisters. Don't get to a place in your life where you say, well, God just doesn't care about me. He seems to bless everybody else that knows all of that book. He seems to help other people that stay in the Bible more than I do. I want you to know that that's not a place to stop. That's a place to start. That means that you need to get more into the word of God and you need to find ways to take the word of God and use it in your storm and call out things of victory so that you can retire these storms and not have to go through them again and again and again. It's interesting because I was reading this week and they retired the name of the storm Ida. Anybody remember the storm Ida hit the Gulf Coast and smashed into Louisiana? Some were, some were really interested by the pictures that came in from satellite. They showed the before and the after effect. This is the after effect of what happened after the storm. And they retired names, they, they retired names of storms when they have great devastation in an area. This is the before power grid. These are the lights that were up before Ida hit Louisiana. And that previous picture is the picture of the only thing that was left after the storm. Sometimes there's some storms that blow through our life that are so devastating that we don't want to go back and remember what it was like to go through them. And I want you to know that God does not torment his people like that. He will give you the faith and the power to retire some storms from your life. Amen? Ida was one of the category, one of the only category four that hit landfall on recent, in recent record in Louisiana that estimated winds when it hit landfall were 150 miles per hour. It matched those most recently of retired Hurricane Laura. Maybe this isn't familiar to you, this language of retiring a storm. But I want you to know that there's spiritual storms that you need to retire in your life. If you keep going through the same ones over and over again, I pray you get a word in your heart and a fixation on your faith, and you say, I'm done with this. This is over. I'm not going to deal with this addiction anymore. I'm not going to deal with this problem anymore. I'm not going to deal with this toxic relationship anymore. I'm pulling out of these storms, and I'm coming out, and I'm going to retire them. Amen? I'm prayerful. I'm prayerful that that happens somewhere in someone's life today. There's nothing that matched it other than Laura in 2020 and the 1856 last island hurricane. These three tied for the strongest landfall west of the mouth of the Mississippi River, the strongest winds, the strongest storms, according to the National Hurricane Center. They actually 
tally up and they mark down the 10 strongest storms that have hit North America. And they have them on a chart and they show the, the wind. They actually have some sort of a scale that they use. It's actually called, uh, it has a name to it. And the, the name is the Sapphire Samson scale. It's called Category 1, Category 2. Have you ever seen this scale? This is how they, they, they categorize storms. A tropical depression starts, and they can have storms gusting up to 73 miles per hour, or 38 miles per hour to 73. And then a tropical storm is consistent winds at certain, certain speeds. And then it goes up from there to Category 1, Category 2, 3, 4, and 5. I don't know if you've ever been through a Category 5 spiritual storm, but it can be devastating in your life. It can be difficult to get through. It challenges every bit of your faith. It pulls every bit of your knowledge from the Word of God to handle. It, and sometimes things spin off in your life, and sometimes things are torn away from your life, and you don't know why it was taken from you, but you have to understand you're still there. You're still living. You're still in the presence of God. On Sundays, you're still able to come to church. You're still able to have a sound mind and sound body. There are ways that you can still praise the Lord and thank him even through the storms. Amen. I've seen storms blow through churches. I've seen storms blow through people's lives. I've seen people who are more prepared for the storms than others. I've seen people who looked at things differently and had a positive mental attitude on the outlook of where they were headed after that. And they were focused on what was left and not what was on what was lost. Amen. And sometimes we have to do that. But the storms that are named all over the globe have nothing and no match to spiritual storms that can blow through somebody's life. And I'm praying that today that the peace speaker would walk into this room and say, you have not been alone. You have just had your eyes on the storm for too long. You have been affected by the storms for too long. God can step in and he can change things. The name was changed. The name was retired and the storm with it. I pray that whatever it is named, that its name gets pushed down and retired above and below the name that is above every name, that Jesus' name is lifted up above every trial, every struggle, every addiction, every loss in this place, that we get to greet the next moment in our lives with the name of Jesus on our lips, no matter where we come from, if we're coming out of a grave with him, or we're walking through resurrection with him, or we're feeling the power of God, or we're feeling losses in the moment, I tell you, you can have the name of Jesus on your lips, then you have the power to speak peace to that same thing, that storm that's in your life. Ida's name was retired because of its destruction and loss. It was removed because of the trauma that it caused. And some of us still live with spiritual traumas and difficulties in our physical life because we haven't put the name on our lips and put it above the storm and spoke peace to some things we need to let go of. It is a difficult message to preach sometimes. I don't always get good, simple, serious, fun messages. But this is what Jesus did. Jesus was asleep in the storm because he never met a storm he couldn't change. <laughs> He's never met a storm he couldn't turn around. And you're not the first you're not the first to have struggles or problems or difficulties. Amen. 
Don't give yourself that license to think you're different from everybody else. That is a license to say, I am not like everybody else, so therefore I can do different things. No, there's no temptation taking you but that which is common to man. The things that come in and out of our life, the rain falls falls on the just and the unjust, brothers and sisters. Just because you're walking with God doesn't mean your tire's not going to blow out. Just because we're here doesn't mean we're not going to have power with our sound system at times. I know we pray a covering over those and take out insurance or whatever you got to do, but I'm telling you, there's, there's moments in your life where it's going to rain on your parade, amen? It's going to rain on your fun days, and you have to have the strength and fortitude to pop up a faith umbrella and say, I can make it through this storm. I can go through this one. I'm going to get out this one because I've been through worse. I put away worse storms than this with the power of the name of Jesus and with my faith. I'm going to make it out of this, and I can speak peace be still because I know I spoke it before, and it worked, and his word still stands, amen? I'm armed with the power of his word. I know the word works. It did it for me before, and it'll do it for me begin. again. I, I, I begin with the word, and I end with the word. I start my prayers and end my prayers with the word of God. I want to leave, leave the everlasting, ever-settled word on my lips when I'm in the morning praying, beginning, and when I'm in my, my day ending. I, I just want to spend the day all throughout the day bookended by the word of God because I'm protected by that word, surely goodness and mercy, the psalmist said, will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So if you're looking back at a storm and it's, it's coming up on you, just know that you just keep praying, you just keep bookending the word of God in your life on both beginning and end of the day, and when you get done, you'll look back and you'll only see goodness and mercy has been following you, that God's hand has been in it all the time, that he has been there with you in your boat all the time, and the word has kept you. The word not only keeps you, but it prepares you for the storms. If you know anything about storm season and storm alleys and places where storms hit often, we're headed into the storm season and there's supposed to be a lot of tragedy this year. But I don't know if you've ever seen some people that have great storm alleys in their life and storm seasons, but there are certain things that cause us to have more storms than others. This is why we train up a child in the way he should go so that when he is old, he shall not depart from it because there are physical things you can do and there are addictions you can get into that keep you in storms of life. And when you train children young to live on the word of God and to walk with God, you are literally giving them a place out of storm alley, amen? You're giving them a place where they don't have so many struggles and trials and griefs and heartaches. The rain's gonna fall on the just and the unjust, but their rain and their storm is easily retired because they know so much of the word of God, amen? Amen. You prep them for their storms when you teach them how to walk with God. Loneliness is dealt with. Single parenting is, is so much more difficult. And we understand and we love our single parents here, but we understand that those are places where storms are spawned off in your life, where you deal with living after abuse or you deal with living clean after addiction. Those things you don't have to fight if you never got in the addiction. You don't have to fight if you never went down that road and you never saw those storms in your life. You don't have to retire some storms because you never see them if you walk with God. So I'm thankful that I not only know that we have people that have good testimonies, 
that don't have all the stuff that's been strewn around the yard and the, and the roof ripped off the house and, and have terrible things have happened in their life. But they also have the testimony of, I never left the church. I never walked away. I never got addicted to something. I never had this divorce or that struggle or this problem or that lust or I never had that pornography addiction. I wonder if maybe we don't have a place to receive that in our culture anymore because so many people have so many storms. But even though there are people that still have a clean, a, a clean bill of health spiritually, there is something even greater, and that is the Word of God gets you out of the worst places. And that's kind of the hospital we are as a church, brothers and sisters. We are a church that preaches about bringing people out, that helping people. When there's brothers that need help, we are there for them. When there's someone that has been in addiction and they need to know how to control their flesh in those storms, we can help them because there's the word of God that helps them. When kids rebel and don't want to do what's right or live the word of God, you can walk up to their twister and you can speak peace to their story storms because the word of God is more powerful than any storm. Amen. I know that this culture has confused so many young people and we have the LGBTIA and all that stuff going on and believe me, I love them just as much as I'd love anybody, but confusion is the new control, brothers and sisters. If they can confuse our kids, they can control them, amen? And I want them to stop walking willfully into storms that take years to repair the damage from. I want them to stop being led into places that they lose stuff they didn't have to lose, and they go places they never had to be there, they never needed to be there, and get out while they can get out and leave while they can before the storm hits, amen? The sin and worldly lusts stay so long and keep them so late. I wonder if maybe we can influence our children to be prepared for storms by putting more word into them and more example and we can model what it's like to put to put the the shutters in and to put and to batten down everything that needs to be battened down before the storms hit. Maybe we can prepare them for it so there's not so much trauma and so much oppression and so much shame-stricken individuals and so many burdens by what you have been through. Jesus is still the peace speaker. I say to all those things, peace be still. Come out of the confusion. There is still a God and there's still a way to walk and we should walk in it, amen. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. The word is still greater and than, than any spiritual or physical category in your life. It has more power than anything that has blown you down, taken you out before. Rejoice not against me, oh my enemy, for when I fall, I shall, I shall. I'm going to get up and when I get up, my family's going with me. They're going to survive every storm because I believe the word of God. The word reminds me that I retired a storm and I know that it is emotional for me, maybe not for you, but it's emotional for me when I preach because when I hit certain verses, when I hit certain places in the word of God, 
I'm reminded of a storm that I retired with that verse. Amen. You don't have to know my story, but when you see a tear coming out the edge of my eye, I can tell you this. I beat something with that verse. I beat something believing in that. I knocked something out of my life that never came back. I retired a storm with that verse. Amen. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ. I beat some stuff with that verse. I've knocked a few storms out and they're never coming back again. For whosoever is, is born of God, overcome, somebody say overcometh. Amen. John 5 and 4 says this. For whosoever is born of God, overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. I have fell, fallen down so many times and got back up because I was like, I may be knocked down, but I still feel faith in my heart. I'm still believing that it's going to change. I'm still believing it's going to get better somehow, some way. Others will do it in a gym. They'll believe they can build themselves stronger. Others will do it in business. They believe they can build their business stronger. They'll work when it doesn't work. They'll continue when it's not working. If they'll do that for something temporal, how much more will I do it for something spiritual? Amen. Psalms 149 and 4, we hit it. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. I'm so thankful that I know to humble myself. First Chronicles 29, 11, Thine, O Lord, is the greatness. Only he is great. And the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is thine. It belongs to God. He is not only the storm peace speaker, he owns the storm, amen? And when you have something going on, you just need to call on the Lord. It's thine. Thine is the king. O Lord, and thou art exalted head above all, for these are the scriptures that I've beat things with. I've retired storms with Psalms 44 and 3, for they got not the land in possession but their own sword, neither did their own arm save them, but the right hand and thine arm and the light of thy countenance because thou hast a favor unto them. In other words, God got the victory. I couldn't figure out which way to go. I couldn't figure out what to do. I drove this week up on top of the hill on Brookfield Hill, and I just looked at that church, and I parked in the parking lot, and I had myself a little prayer meeting. I said, God, I don't know which direction to go if they pull the lease on this place. And God just met me in my car. He said, I'm going to take care of it for you. If you give it to me, I'll take care of it for you. God is able to handle your storms, brothers and sisters. That is what I'm saying. Psalms 3 and 8, salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. You're blessed just because you're saved. You're blessed not because you have a wider house and a longer car. You're blessed because you're saved. You need nothing more than to understand that I'm grateful that he saved me. And then it says, Selah, or think about this. Ponder this. Psalm 62 and 1, yeah, put away a category 4 with this one. Truly, my soul waiteth upon God. When nothing was going right, my soul waiteth upon God for him, for he cometh, for in him cometh my salvation. Amen. 
I was so thankful I know these verses. Romans 8, 37. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Don't just conquer. You get to do more than that through him that loved us. Whenever I'm reminded that he loves me, I should also conversely be reminded that I'm more than a conqueror because he loves me. These storms can't handle these verses. These storms can't handle this word. Amen? And God, God is my salvation and my glory, Scripture says. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Thou art, here's one, this one has helped me through life. Thou art my hiding place. Thank you, Jesus. Would you lift your hands and just thank him for being your hiding place, your place of refuge, your place of strength. When you could tell nobody about it, you could run to him. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Selah. Think about that. When I'm in trouble, he's my hiding place. He's my perseverance. He's, he gives me, preserve, he preserves me, and he's going to give me a song that leads to deliverance, a song of deliverance in my life. Psalms 18.35, thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation. I have a protective shield in my life. And thy right hand hath holden me up. And thy gentleness hath made me great. You know, this one helped me because I heard one preacher say that you may fall, but you can't fall through. Because underneath are the everlasting arms. And here it says his hands are underneath. His hands holded me. And then we have beautiful verses like John 4, 4 in the New Testament. Ye are of God, little children. Oh, and he must needs go through some... (laughs) I guess that's not the right reference. Thank you, media team. That was all my fault. It is 1 John 4.4, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus had need to go through Samaria. I don't know if he's working on some area of your life. Oh, this isn't my first day at this rodeo. (laughs) But he is a storm retirer. Amen. Ye are God's little children and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'm going to leave you with that today. He's greater than everything else in your world. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Don't tell me God can't change it. You come too late. I've already seen it. I've seen people get healed. I've seen muscles tore out of, of places they should be that heal up again muscles balled up in their arm, and, and we pray for them, and God reattach it. It's just crazy what I've seen. And, and I've watched as my mom has prayed for things, and we didn't have food, and food showed up. I've watched us drive to church with only enough gas to get there, and when we came out of church, there was a $50 bill taped to, our, uh, to, the, to the steering wheel. I've seen all of this stuff happen over my life, so you've come a little bit too late to tell me there's a storm bigger than my Savior. You have, and I want to impress you with that, that you need to know that you have options in the storms.
Doesn't matter what category it is. Doesn't matter how great it is. Doesn't matter what our world, how world, our world is spinning out of control. We have a God who we can call on. Amen, somebody. But you've got to learn the lesson in the storm. And you've got to keep your heart from being hardened. Because you'll not retire a storm if you don't speak peace inside here first. If you don't have the Prince of Peace living in your heart through the power of the Holy Spirit, you need to get the Holy Ghost. Because he'll he'll speak to that storm first in you. Because some storms are created by our own doing. Amen? Oh, someone said amen, but some don't want to admit it. I, I can spin off storms like a Georgia storm season, brothers and sisters. I know how. I'm good at it. But Jesus has to speak peace to those wounds in your life, or you'll bleed all over everything that's good coming next. If you have wounds and scars from a previous relationship, you need to heal that up before you start another relationship. Or you will blame them for stuff they're not doing that's happening to you, you think, in your head that your previous relationship was doing. You've got to get some things done. You need to go and get some counseling sometimes so you learn the lessons from the storms you've been through so you can retire those storms. Amen? Not everything is all spiritual. Some things you created yourself, and you've got to learn to have God help you get yourself out of the way. Amen? So he can move. And I want to retire every storm that comes my way. How about you? Amen. Let's pray that prayer today. Lord, bow your heads to me. Lord, let me lean on you. Let me learn from you. Let me put away the storms and even the supposed storms that I generate myself through my own emotions. And and maybe I'm used to just swirling storms around me because that's how I grew up. My family was full of drama all the time. And there were so many toxic people around me. I'm just used to things being in disarray and in chaos. But I pray that you would calm that chaos in somebody today, that you would give them a desire to be filled with your spirit in such a way that you speak to every storm and that not only will you speak to them but they'll learn to take that and then speak to their own storms that your spirit in them will give them power to release Lord God a a way forward in their life that they will come out and speak to every storm I'm retiring every storm in the name of Jesus over your people today in Jesus precious name I'm believing that those that have toiled for long enough are here and they're going to see Jesus step in their boat that Jesus is going to wake up and walk to the bow and say, peace, be still. Amen. Amen. Don't let the devil tell you Christ doesn't care. Jesus does care. Don't let the devil tell you that Jesus can't hear you because he does. The enemy likes to work overtime in the storms to create secondary damage. But when you stay close to Jesus, the storms have to be made in peace because he's greater than every storm. I want to encourage you today as your friend and as a pastor that it's worth the work. It's worth the work to do the self-work it takes, to do the spiritual work it takes, to do the things that you must do to change your life so that you are walking in the peace of God. How many have have had God deal with you and work with you over your lifetime and you've seen storms go away 
because he has changed it for you. Would you stand with me and would you thank him for that? Lord, I pray right now that you just touch somebody in this room. That they would say it is well with my soul today. And that they would finish this service out today knowing that they need to have the peace speaker speak to them first. If they're ever going to hope to retire any of these storms, they're tired of the storm season, Lord Jesus. They're tired of the cycling back through the same storms. I pray somebody retires a storm today, that they just take that and put it under the name of Jesus. In precious name, I pray. I close with the story of Horatio Spafford. You may know him. He was a businessman, but more importantly, he was a lawyer and a real estate owner in Chicago. In the great Chicago fires, he lost just about everything. During that time, he lost his son to scarlet fever. He had a lot of storms blow through his life. And he decided that maybe they needed a vacation, so he sent his wife and his four daughters on ahead overseas. And as they were traveling, the ship hit a storm and sank. And he got a telegraph that said, from his wife, said, saved alone, what should I do? So he got the next boat he could get on, and he went to meet with his wife. And while he was traveling across the sea, the captain had heard of his story and that he had lost four of his daughters to the sea in the storm. And so where the ship went down, the captain came, knocked on his cabin and said, just want to let you know we're at the place right now where you lost your daughters on the ocean. And he went out and he stood and he had a peace inside to handle the turmoil of his loss. The storm that he was in and from that he wrote the words of the song, when peace like a river attendeth my soul, when sorrows like sea billows roll, Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. If you want to retire a storm today, the altar's open. But you have to make it well with your soul with Jesus first. I wonder if someone could come through all the times, through all the struggles. Lord, I don't want to go through this storm again. I'm done with this, Jesus. I'm placing it in your hands Lord, I'm asking you, I know I, I, I have awakened you in the boat so many times and said, don't you care that I perish? But he cares and he hears. And he's hearing right now as we pray these prayers. Lift your voice to the Lord and retire a storm today. In Jesus' name. Arms are open wide, forgiveness. 
it's blue.